The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Pacific Life. Protecting generations of families for 150 years, that's the power of Pacific. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, November 9th. In today's news, a judge issues a gag order in Paul Manafort's trial. Republicans are looking to patch a $74 billion hole that they created in their tax plan. And congressional staffers are clamoring to require sexual harassment training on Capitol Hill. But first, the big idea. Fresh Democratic faces are emerging from the anti-Trump backlash. Revenge is a dish best served at the ballot box. Donald Trump got them mad enough to run for office. On Tuesday, they got even by toppling Republican incumbents. On Wednesday, a slew of first-time candidates across the country, previously unknown beyond their hometowns, and in some cases given little chance of success, woke up as rock stars on the left. It remains to be seen whether the energy we saw this week will persist through 2018 and into 2020. Winning in red house districts remains difficult, just ask John Ossoff down in Georgia. And the president may still have time to course correct if he so chooses. But the backlash to Trumpism is accelerating long-term demographic trends, emboldening the rising American electorate and motivating core Democratic constituencies that were relatively ambivalent about Hillary Clinton in 2016, from millennials to Latinos, African-Americans, the LGBTQ community, and college-educated women. With the unexpectedly strong Democratic wave sweeping from coast to coast, a lot of candidates won this week mainly because they had a D after their name, if we're being honest. The results, though, have highlighted the party's diversity and inclusivity. Now, these newly elected officials, some of whom came out of nowhere, will get a shot to prove themselves in office. Here are a few of the winners who are likely to develop national profiles that you probably haven't heard of yet. There's Wilmot Collins, who is the first black mayor of Helena, Montana. Collins is a Liberian refugee who was so distraught about Trump's travel ban and harsh rhetoric toward immigrants that he decided to run for office. His home was once vandalized with the letters KKK. He toppled the city's four-term mayor. There's Elizabeth Guzman, an immigrant from Peru, who trounced a retired army colonel who has served in the Virginia State House for 15 years. She did it in a Republican-leaning D.C. suburb. Guzman said that she decided to run after she heard her little kids say that the president of the United States, quote, does not like people who speak Spanish. She did something about it. Ravi Bala won a contentious mayor's race in Hoboken, New Jersey. He's becoming one of the first turbaned Sikh mayors in a U.S. city. He won despite some awful, nasty, xenophobic flyers that were left on doorsteps and tucked underneath windshield wipers all over the city. And there's Andrea Jenkins, who made history as the first openly transgender black woman elected to public office in the United States. She was elected to the city council in Minneapolis. She's earned a reputation as a community activist who addressed youth violence in one of Minneapolis's most violent wards. Finally, let me tell you about Ashley Bennett. During that Women's March back in January, right after the inauguration, a Republican county commissioner in the GOP stronghold of Atlantic County, New Jersey, mocked the protesters on Facebook. Ashley Bennett couldn't come to Washington for the march that Saturday because she had to work at her job as a screener for an emergency crisis hotline. She never thought she'd run for office, but she was watching the protests on TV, and when a friend sent her that Facebook post, she was so furious that she went to a meeting to confront him. When he wasn't contrite, she decided on a lark to run. He'd been a fixture of local government for two decades, but she beat him. There are many, many, many more stories like this from coast to coast. And that's the big idea. 
Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the federal judge overseeing the criminal trial of former Donald Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort and his business partner Rick Gates imposed a gag order in the case. That means that all the parties, including potential witnesses, cannot make statements that might prejudice jurors. The judge said her order is consistent with the local rules in federal court in Washington in widely publicized cases. Manafort and Gates remain under home confinement. They pleaded not guilty last month to charges of conspiracy, money laundering, and making false lobbyist registration statements in connection with their work advising a Russia-friendly political party in Ukraine. Number two, House Republican leaders scrambled yesterday to patch a $74 billion hole that they created in their own tax plan. Lawmakers must decide between scaling back the bill's benefits for individuals or reducing the level of their proposed tax cut for big corporations. They're caught between nonpartisan estimates showing that the bulk of the bill's tax cuts would go to help businesses and the very wealthy and the demands from powerful industries looking to protect or expand the breaks that they've carved out in the House bill. The struggle to keep the House bill on track comes as Senate Republicans said they plan to release their own tax bill today, regardless of whether the House panel finishes its work. Number three, more than a thousand former staff members have signed an open letter urging the House and Senate to require anti-harassment training and to overhaul the process to make it easier to file complaints. The letter endorses mandatory training for both lawmakers and staff. It also endorses canceling the requirement that victims undergo counseling and meditation as part of the process for reporting misbehavior. The effort to rally support among former aides comes as Capitol Hill reckons with patterns of sexual harassment and assault that have persisted for decades. Some lawmakers have started discussing ways to address similar misbehavior among lawmakers and staff in the wake of the allegations of misconduct that toppled movie producer Harvey Weinstein. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, November 9th. You can read much more about Tuesday's election in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.